Welcome in. What's up, everybody? It's the Bill Michaels Show. Happy Friday. Ugh. Fun NFL draft last night. I'm Ben Kenny, hanging out with you from 10 to 2. No bill today. 877-867-1670. That is how you join the show. We are reacting to what was. First round of the NFL draft last night. I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a festive Friday as if everybody is thrilled with what went down last night with the Packers. Lucas Van Ness being the pick at number 13, the defensive edge rusher, defensive lineman from Iowa. Leaves them now two second-round picks, 42 and 45 today. We will get into what the second round will look like and where the Packers should go. Third-round pick as well coming up tonight. So three selections, and I, I've heard a lot of criticism. I guess it's criticism. I, I've heard pushback on the Lucas Van Ness pick. Because people wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba. And and I get it. I get it. You want weapons. You want to help Jordan Love. You want to give him as many tools to succeed as possible so that us as a fan base and the Packers organization, more importantly, can learn what Jordan Love is. And, and I totally understand the part. Um, I look at the pick. And this is where we're going to start. We'll, we'll take your reaction throughout the day to the selection, to the draft as a whole. A lot, of, a lot of interesting storylines, some big fallers. I thought there were a couple teams that absolutely knocked it out of the park, but we'll touch on that later. Got Mike Clemens joining uh, towards the end of the show. But we're on last night, Bill Michaels Draft Show, the podcast. You can find that up now wherever you find podcasts. And the pick comes in, Packers select defensive lineman Lucas Van Ness, six foot five from Iowa, 272 pounds. He was a sophomore last year. 13 sacks in his last two years, 19 tackles for loss. A lot of production, a lot of snaps. Did he start? No, but that's how Iowa runs things. And I don't use that as a knock against him. He was on the field almost as much as everybody else, and he produced pretty much more than everybody else in that Iowa room. A lot of the reaction last night, and I can't say I'm surprised, it's the Green Bay Packers. It's the first round. You have a quarterback that needs weapons you have a wide receiver room that we all agree is not where you want it to be entering the season a lot of the reaction last night is that the Packers need to take in Jigba love needs a weapon and as soon as they took Van Ness there was more pushback than I would imagine a lot more and part of it obviously is that there was one selection last night and the entire draft Goody didn't make eight picks right we don't know what the entire draft is We're on for four hours today reacting to one pick. We're reacting to the pick that sets the tone for the rest of the draft. And I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. Going up to that pick number 13, I I would have loved either. I tweeted out a couple picks before it, 15 minutes before it. The Packers were in prime position to get either Jackson Smith and Jigba or Lucas Van Ness. They take Van Ness, who if you listen to me on this show, if you've listened to myself and Grant fill in for Bill, I've loved him since the draft process started. Not only for the player he could be, which is hard to predict, and it's an inexact science. If, if I was that good at predicting how great players would be, I would not be working in sports talk radio. But from what, I w- from what I've watched, from how he fits on the team, I, I absolutely love it. It's a Packers team that has a weak defensive line if we want to start there. Everyone says the Packers need a weapon, and they do. They need multiple. They need tight ends today. They need wide receiver. They need to bolster the offense around love. 
But as I said a couple weeks ago on this show, I don't know if there's a more important need on this team, a, a position of more need than defensive line, than the trenches. You look at the defense last year. Where did they struggle? The Eagles, almost 400 rushing yards, just gashed them. They couldn't tackle, but they also could not stop any piece of the run. They were among the worst, fourth worst in the NFL in defending against the run. Not only that, but they lose a bunch of defensive line guys in the offseason. They lose Jerron Reed. They lose Dean Lowry. And you have Rashawn Gary, obviously, coming back from a torn ACL. You don't know what he's going to bring. Devontae Wyatt in his second year, you don't know what he's going to bring. It's a position that's shallow. It's a position that isn't not only deep with players, it's not deep with much talent. So addressing this need first and foremost is awesome. But you don't really want to be just drafting for need in the first round. You want to get the guy that can have the biggest impact on your team for the long run. It's a cliche, but you want the best player available. And if people want to argue that Jackson Smith and Jigba was, I I get it. He could be a really good player. It's not as if he doesn't have have any questions. He ends up falling to 20, and and the Seahawks take him. But uh, the way that Lucas Van Ness can can fit with this defense, I I love it. I I think Goody knocked it out of the park. The measurables are great. He's 21 years old. He's going to be turning 22 soon. The comparison to Rashawn Gary is going to be made a lot as we enter training camp and enter the season because he's raw coming out of college with every single physical trait you could ever imagine from a guy at that position. And then you hope he, he rounds into form and, and learns as he goes through the NFL, learns pass rushing moves, learns how to be a pro, but taking a project here, taking a guy that, you know, you can count on to contribute on day one. Like he's coming from Iowa. If you think of the Iowa defense, what comes to mind? It's uh, they're disciplined. They're tough. They're great at defending the run. They're good at all the classic things that you want a a football team, a defense to be good at. I would argue they're he is good. And and they, Iowa are good at a lot of the things that Joe Barry defenses are, have been quite bad at tackling, defending the run uh, coverage, things of that nature. So he, he comes from a culture that I think it's easy to rely on as positive for his future. He could play inside and out. Like he's a plug-and-play guy and fills a terrific need and hopefully a long-term outlook becomes a really significant piece of the defense across from Rashawn Gary. 877-867-1670. So I love the pick. It's it, it's a There were different directions they could go, which is the nature of being at number 13 in the draft. But I think it's great that they didn't feel beholden to go one of those directions. They didn't feel beholden to go tight end. And we'll get to that later. Only one tight end goes off the board. They weren't pressed to to take a wide receiver because they know that they can get some today. They wanted to get the best guy on the board. And they move up to 13, also worth mentioning. And the minute that they take Lucas Van Ness, the Patriots trade down, which could tell you, and I think it does, that if the Packers don't take him at 13, he's a New England Patriot. And there's a, a lot of cliches to be had about Patriot defenders and just always finding a guy that turns into a really long-term great player. The Packers could have sniped this guy from him. So I love how it turned out for Brian Gutekinds. 877-867-1670. We take your reaction on the pick. I'm not sure exactly what the statewide reaction is going to be. I've been on Twitter uh, posting videos of Lucas Van Ness blocking punts, which, uh, I mean, 
if you want to talk about another area he can contribute, that's it. There's a lot of talk on Twitter from the people that cover the Packers closely that they they get the pick. Like everyone understands the pick. Everyone understands the benefits of it, right? It's just a question of okay, I wanted this guy more. But if the argument of why you wanted that guy more is that you wanted a wide receiver and you needed a wide receiver in the first round, inherently you're just saying that you wanted them to draft for need in the first round instead of the guy that they thought is better. Uh, and again, Lucas Van Ness could become an amazing player. There's obviously a chance that he doesn't, but the process of this, I, I think, works very, very well. 877-867-1670. So we'll take your reaction uh, throughout the day today to the Packers' first-round pick. They take Lucas Van Ness. There's a Twitter question that was just posted up at Ben Z. Kenny. Packer fans, are, are you either happy with Lucas Van Ness or angry that Green Bay passed on Jackson Smith and Jigba? Because, again, that, that feels like the other guy. So far, uh, 71% say happy with Lucas Van Ness, which is a lot more than I thought. It's very early in the voting. 29% where we stand right now say that they're angry the Packers passed on JSN, which I understand, but that's the beauty of, of what day two is going to bring. The Packers, again, have pick number 42, which is number 11 in the, in the second round. They have picked number 45, which is number 14 in the second round. That is just tailor-made. You have tight ends that fell. The board worked out perfectly. That's where you go get a tight end. That's probably where you go get a wide receiver, too. Uh, I, I don't want to just come on air and say, look, the Packers didn't take a wide receiver because they don't. I'm a big believer that, uh, okay, teams have certain organizational philosophies, but just because they normally don't or just because they haven't in the past – doesn't mean they they won't in the future or shouldn't. If if you told me Jackson Smith and Jigba was Jamar Chase automatically, okay, then they they passed on an incredible player, and you can make an argument that he's better than any edge rusher there. So I'm not just going to say that the Packers don't do this because that's what the organization does. But I, for lack of a better term, that is always where they've they've leaned towards. Haven't taken a wide receiver in the first round in like 20 years. They get a lot of them in the second round, a lot of them in the third round. And, I mean, it's worth mentioning that a lot of the guys they get, whether it's Christian Watson and Dobbs last year, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, MVS, Greg Jennings, a lot of the dudes they end up finding, whether it's Gudekinst, whether it's Ted Thompson or front offices before that, they end up finding some pretty darn good receivers. So I I would urge everyone not to not to overreact, not to – don't fret – there will be weapons. The weapons are on the way for the Packers. Uh, but Lucas Van Ness is the first-round pick. 877-867-1670. We'll take your reaction all day. Let's start it off on the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Hey, Ben, it's Tim from Madison. Hey, what's up, Tim? How are you? Hey, good. I'm not upset with the draft pick. Uh, I think what it sends is they don't have 12 anymore to fall back on when bad draft picks happen. And Goody and Lafleur are on the are on the clock themselves. They got two years until Murphy's forced retire, and they're going to hire a new guy. And if this is two years of non-playoffs and drafting high, that's where the problem is. I think the arrogance of always trying to find someone in the second, third, fourth round. I think, as myself as a Packer fan, that's what upsets me over his last seven years the only offensive player they took is love and there's a need so i i think 
this kid from Iowa, I think it's a good fit. It's just the pass and the arrogance of, hey, we can find someone in the second and third round. So these guys are on the clock right now. Right. Here's, here's I guess, what I would ask is if, if the Packers aren't a wide receiver away, say, from contending for a Super Bowl, which I don't think they are, I think everybody agrees they're not, then if, if that is the biggest need, I still don't think that's enough to automatically take the guy in the first round. Like, that shouldn't be the only reason. The, the question is, who's a better player? Which, which that's what time is going to tell, right? I'm not going to be able to say today whether Lucas Van Ness or Jackson Smith and Jigba has a better career. Right, and I think it's just the history of what Goody's done. Like Goody, I think what might possibly bring both of them down is keeping their defensive coordinator. Well, yeah, that's um, well, that's another big part of the show today. Brian Gudikin spoke after the pick and talked about how much talent he has put in, let alone free agency, let alone other guys, uh, and appreciate the phone call, 877-867-1670. Brian Gudikin spoke after the draft, and you'll hear from him probably at 11 o'clock later on today. And he said he's poured a lot of talent, a lot of first-round picks, 11 of the last 12 first-round picks the Packers have made have been on the defensive side, and a lot recently, including two last year with Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. And he's he's putting Joe Barry on the clock. That's a big takeaway from last night, of many. Joe Barry's on the clock. He's on notice if he wasn't already before. And if Joe Barry's on notice, inherently Matt LaFleur has to be too, if Matt LaFleur's the guy that, that kept him around. But I, I think that is a great discussion as we go throughout the rest of this offseason. The actions of the front office speak loudly. And if that is one of your actions to say, okay, we're bolstering the defense even further. We're getting you another guy. We're actually helping a defensive line that absolutely stunk last year. Then you as a coordinator have to deliver. And that's a message I think Goody sent uh, with the pick of Van Ness last night. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line two, you're on the Bill Michael show. Who do we got? Line two, hello. All right, let's try line one. You're on the Bill Michaels Show. Hi there, this is Todd in Green Bay. How are you doing? Todd, how are you, man? Good. Um, I'm good, I'm good. I, I have to say I was a little shocked, but I wasn't shocked. Um, you know, you go back to the seven, eight years, you pick defense every first round, I, I believe, seven out of eight years. And Yeah, 11 uh, out of so 12. It surprised me. 11 out of 12, there you go, and from Goody. But the, the big thing is, and, and I understand Iowa, how they run their team and, and that so much, um, but you took a non-starter, although he played starter snaps. But the, the main thing is, how do you not um, put the necessary people around? I call him a rookie quarterback. I know he's in his fourth sure. year, but let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, he, you have no tight end on that roster. And I know tight end is not a popular pick, especially that high in the draft. But you could have traded back a little bit, got another pick, and still got that tight end. I mean, there is that part of it people forget, too. You Kincaid went, what, to Buffalo? Yeah, 24, I, I believe. But but here's the thing. I would, I, think. I, I would put out there that three of the top four tight ends are still on the board. Only one of them left. And the Packers are towards the top of the second round. If anything, I think Gudikins read the board correctly. Whether it was luck, he just took Van Ness and then it happened to be that no tight ends went, or he had some sense that he would be able to get a premier guy in the second round. If anything, I think that can work. 
that's not that that is true. However, all the wide receivers went. And and that that from that uh I always feel like you can get a stopgap at defensive line. You know, somewhere somehow you can find one. They found Jerron Reed and he wasn't he wasn't perfect, but he wasn't awful either. I mean the defensive line as a whole with Jerron Reed and and with some injuries, but with him and, and Dean Lowry, like, like they were really bad last year. I, I don't think we fully comprehend how the Packers lost, whether it's the Jets, they got beat up front, the Eagles crushed them up front. Right. Some of those games, like they just got dominated. Right. So and I don't know where those injuries happened during the year or whatnot, but um, I totally understand that. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like, and for Joe Barry to be on the clock, he should have been on the clock three years ago well right well yeah he should have been on the clock he should have been on the clock the second he arrived i'm with you so are you are you're in the jackson smith and jigba camp is this vote number two i'm going to keep a tally today i i i think it should have been a wide receiver or trade down for a tight end something like that and and because i I was a fan of jordan addison out at usc i mean he, he would be a nice slot guy also right but right. yeah, I would have went with Enigma. I got you. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. 877-867-1670. I, I mean, listen, again, two first-round picks today. I, I think if we had this show after the second and third round as well, and let's say they take a tight end and take a wide receiver, then I think the tone is probably a lot different. It's just the fact that they had one pick last night, and they used it on defense, which, I uh, okay, we don't like the defensive coordinator. We all agree on that. But still, it's undeniable that the talent on the field last year was not good enough. We thought it would be good enough. And whether it's injuries, whether it's the coordinator, whether guys just regressed along that defense, like the defense was not good enough. Uh, And for this team to win, for them to play a ball control style with Jordan Love not having to put up 40 to 45 points a game, you need help there. And that's what I think Van Ness brings. In terms of him not being a starter, I need to throw this out, but before we hit break and get back to the phones, 877-867-1670. In terms of him not being a starter, it's like in basketball. If you have a guy that comes off the bench, let's say in some weird world, and I hate to bring up the Bucs because of what happened this week, but let's say in some weird world, Giannis comes off the bench for the Bucs, and he doesn't start the game. He's not out there for the first two minutes, but he ends up playing 45 minutes and leads the team in minutes then it doesn't matter if he starts or not. This is the case with Van Ness. Now, Iowa does a lot of things poorly and weird. They're an oddly run football program. And that's a whole nother story, specifically on offense. But on defense, they start their seniors. They start guys that are upperclassmen. And the underclassmen, like Van Ness, he was a sophomore, usually usually play a lot of snaps if they're that good, but they don't start. So the the starting or not starting thing, I, I don't use that as a knock against him. There are some knocks. Like, if he was a perfect player, he would have been a top-five pick if you look at the measurables and the athleticism. He's, he's somewhat raw. He's young. He's still learning. So it's not as if this is a slam dunk. He's going to be Rashawn Gary, J.J. Watt. But there's a lot of potential there, and he can help you on day one. So I love this selection. We're getting your thoughts on it. 877-867-1670. We'll check in on the Twitter question when we come back. We will get back to the phones And I want to talk about how the draft board fell and how I think Brian Gutekunst managed and uh, he didn't do maneuvering after picking a 13, but I think it fell somewhat perfectly 
for the Packers and Gudikins. We'll get to that next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels show Ben Kenny with you on this Friday. I I think it's a festive Friday. There's been some fire brought fire brought against the Packers draft pick Lucas Van Ness at 13 last night in the first round. We're reacting to it. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the show. Go back to the phones here in a second. I want to reset on the Twitter question at Ben Z Kenny over there uh, on Twitter. Are you happy with Lucas Van Ness? 73%, 400 votes in say that. 27% where we stand right now say they're mad they did not take Jackson Smith in Jigba at 13. We'll continue the conversation throughout the day today. As, as we heard in the update, and I wish I could do 30 minutes on this, even though it's not very pertinent, Shohei Otani against Wade Miley tonight could be the matchup of the century. The, the Brewers' newfound ace against uh, the greatest thing to ever happen in the game of baseball. That's like I, I'm excited for round two and round three of the draft. Don't get me wrong, but that might be where my eyes start to turn once that matchup happens. 877-867-1670. Packers take Lucas Van Ness. Your thoughts. Let's go back to the phones. Our buddy Derek is in Albany. Derek, what's up? Hey, calling you from far away in Albany, New York. Hey, Ben, you're, don't say you don't have a life. You're there for us. You're there for Bill. And and you're, uh, you're, you're every day you acquire more knowledge. I said to you off air, I said, you're kind of an old soul, man. You sound, uh, your knowledge belies your years. Well, I can say you. that because I'm probably as old, old as your father. But, um, you know, and you're probably about five years away from making the pro golf tour the way you're playing all the time <laughs> from what I hear. That's not true. So, I, maybe that's well, how I talk I, about it. Maybe I'm five years away I, from, from talking about the pro golf tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all get we all get draft crushes on certain players. And uh, in Jigba, everybody seemed to have a crush on him. But uh, now, by extension, uh, we got a crush on uh, Van Ness's sisters. My God almighty. <laughs> oh, my. Even my. Even my girlfriend said, boy, they got a lot going on. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say this. I, I'll say this. So he's, he's drafted from a, a family house in Lake Geneva, a second home, where the first home is in the suburbs of Chicago, which probably tells you something. Uh, yeah. The funniest part of all of it was his brother, or seemed to be a, a young young dude there, figure it's a relative, goes and gives him a hug. And the production guy for NFL Films or NFL Network just yanks him off of him because <laughs> he was in the middle of the camera shot. He was he was covering up some of the sisters. <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, the thing about Njigba that isn't talked about, and I looked this up. We all do our research at the nerd, the draft nerds we are. Njigba had a reoccurring hamstring problem. Yep. And I'll tell you, that can be tricky. And the soft tissue, soft tissue things. And now I think, you know, a tight end is not a sexy position, Ben, but I think the guy that's really solid is Michael Meyer. I, I don't think he'll be spectacular, but he strikes me as the kind of guy, like a Jason Witten type. Not spectacular, mm. but solid. I I think that's who they should try to get early in the second round. I'd move up to get him, and then, like you say, take try to take a quick speed receiver opposite Christian, uh, you know, Christian Watson. Yeah, they have options, and it's not only the two seconds. They have a third which you figure could either be moved up with or or used at that spot. 
they have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and four seventh. So they're pretty flexible in what they could do. And Mayor Mayor visited as well as Darnell Washington. So they've done their homework on the position. Yeah, it's a great thing that the entire position is still on the board. That's like we spend weeks on this show saying they should not draft a tight end in the first round. That's why, because you can get them in the second almost as easily. It's it's fun for draft nerds, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it as always. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Your reaction to round one of the NFL draft. I will. We'll get into Will Levis falling. Some of the big winners. Some of the other storylines, as well as Brian Gutekind's audio. He spoke with the media late last night after we got off air from the draft show. You'll hear that probably in about thirty minutes. We have Mike Clemens joining the show at 120 today. They spoke with Lucas Van Ness after the selection. We'll get all the angles of that. Uh, but let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to our buddy, Brett. Brett, what's going on, man? What's on your mind? Happy Friday, Ben. Thank you. I am excited about this pick. If I told you you could could have gotten Clay Matthews or TJ Watt, people would be going, oh, yeah, when can we get him? Right. We all remember the Kevin King disaster. This could be exactly what would have happened if they had drafted that Ohio State wide receiver. You know, Brett this, mean, Brett, this brings something up real quick. If Lucas Van Ness went to Wisconsin, he would be, mm-hmm. in, in the eyes, I think, of fans across the state today, he would be the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> but he went to Iowa, oh, they, right? Which is like, they made oh, okay. A uh, exactly. Like we don't know Iowa as well, and there's long been Packers pass on Wisconsin kids. Imagine if same player, same dude, if he went to Wisconsin and he was selected at that spot, people would be losing their minds over him. Yeah, and they probably aren't even saying anything in Illinois. They don't even care. Right. <laughs> right. So you like the well, pick? I, I love the pick, and you know what I did is I looked back at the 2013 draft, and the Packers had the top two picks. Doc, David Bakhtiari, Michael Hyde, even though he's not with the Packers anymore, only 11 Pro Bowlers were picked in that entire first round that had a Pro Bowl at least one year. Three of them you probably never heard of. That means about eight guys out of 32. Over half never had their fifth-year option picked up. Oof. And you only got players like DeAndre Hopkins, Cordell Patterson, and Eric Fisher left. Well, and Cordero Patterson, it took him seven years to even catch on as more than a punt returner. So that even wasn't a full-on hit. And people would have gone crazy over some of those picks. In the top ten, only one guy, Fisher, I think, made it into the Pro Bowl. That's it out of the top ten picks. First round. Oh, no, that was the the Lane Johnson draft. Lane Johnson is the one from that draft who's still amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. There were some the good ones, tackles. but a lot of, yeah, but a lot of, uh, you know, when you look at some of them draft picks, you, you people would have gone crazy if they would have got, oh, Deion Jordan or, um, Asane, uh, Ezekiel Asane. You know, some of those guys, they would have gone crazy. But you know, they didn't have great careers. So I mean, you look at it, you don't know what's going to happen. Get, give the guys some slack, and I bet in a year or two we might be talking. What what a steal he was. <laughs> right. Appreciate the phone call, man. Well, Thank you. I, 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 there's the comparison to Watt. I think they're different. Van Ness is maybe 30 pounds heavier. And I, he talked about this, and we'll hear from him. He played inside at Iowa, too. So he's not just going to come in and only rush off the edge. They could use him with his hand in the dirt. 
and be flexible up there on the line, which will work really well. Again, for the, I, I cannot emphasize enough how below average this defensive line was last year. They ranked 31st in efficiency against the rush, 30th in expected points added against the rush, fourth worst in terms of yardage allowed, and they lost Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry, who I don't, I, I didn't think they were good last year, but still that's two important depth pieces. They are overly thin, and aside from Rashawn Gary coming off an ACL, Preston Smith, who I really like, they're just not really talented up there. So if Devontae Wyatt hits and Lucas Van Ness hits, that changes the outlook a bit for that position, which is one of the more important positions on the football field. Uh, again, I, I love the pick. Um, for those for those that still are, are pining for Jackson Smith and Jigba or really wanted that, I want to hear why. 877-867-1670. Let's go to our buddy Sean listening to us in Nina. Sean, how are you? Good, Ben. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing today? Good, man. What's up? Yeah, the Van Ness pick, um, not as sexy as the receiver, I forget his name, out of Ohio State, but the one thing that I just want to hit on that, uh, uh, you know, he's an inside-outside player, uh, work ethic is he went, what, I think he was a 220 going as a freshman into Iowa and put 60 pounds on. I mean, back in the day as a, as a former gym guy that put a lot of weight on myself, it's just tells me the kid's got the work ethic. And the kind of weight he put on, it's not just for the sake of weight. I mean, this guy has stats. I mean, he could probably put another, what's he, 270 right now, 275? He could probably put another you know, 10, 15 pounds on and, and not lose a bit of speed or quickness that he has. So I think the guy's got all the, all the tools, but I think he's, he's hungry and that he just didn't go to college like a Braylon Allen that had a physical, you know, uh, man child luck. He had to work and earn his playtime on the field. And that started in the weight room, putting that weight on. So I think this kid's going to be a stud for us. And he's very humble, uh, humble and hungry. That's my take on this kid. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm getting some more tallies for Van Ness. Uh, the, the beginning of the show, a lot of the calls, fast and furious out of the gates, a lot of Jackson Smith and Jigba love, but I, I think people are, as time goes on and turning around, they're getting why it makes sense. And listen, you cannot love it. You could still want in Jigba, but I don't think you can deny that this pick makes a lot of sense for the Green Bay Packers and the future. Like When we look back at this pick, I don't think this will be one we point to as a complete travesty. Maybe taking Kevin King over T.J. Watt is one of them. The love pick, obviously it, he's going to start this year, but many still look at that as a terrible pick. In terms of the thought process and the process behind drafting Van Ness, I don't think we could look back at this pick as what was he thinking. That was a terrible idea. Now, he could not turn out to be a great player, but that's the NFL draft. That's the nature of the beast. It's If your hit rate was 1,000%, then... You should go to the Hall of Fame, and and uh, frankly, you just shouldn't be allowed in draft rooms. These dudes miss on picks all the time, and there's a lot of stuff that happens after they get in the building. Work ethic is something you could try to understand, but do injuries happen? A lot of factors at play. So I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but but all of the the process behind drafting him, I think I'm really behind. 877-867-1670. And then I saw a great tweet last night, actually, from Alex Kirshner of uh, he does college football podcasts. And this is 936 last night as I was on air. He said, Wisconsin's decline under Paul Christ is best shown in Iowa surpassing them as Big Ten's most prolific producer of good defensive front players who look exactly like that, <laughs> which I, it's hard to deny. A.J. Epinesa goes to the Bills a couple years ago. He's good. 
Iowa's been churning out some players recently, man. Uh, Tight end is obviously an an easy one. And Josh Jackson to the Packers five years ago did not work. But if you talk about work ethic and and a guy that is in a a good culture and a good program, at least on the defensive side, okay, I I don't want to talk about Iowa's offense unless they take Sam Laporta, who I love. But if you want to talk about a, a great culture to grab a guy from defensively, like Iowa's that. If he fills all of your athletic requirements and the positional need, I'd be all over the Iowa guys, and, and that's what the Packers are. 877-867-1670. Now, would I rather Iowa defensive lineman or Georgia defensive lineman? Clearly, I would, I would lean with the Bulldogs. But Van Ness just fits. He fits. He fits athletically. He fits the profile of what the Packers aim for in the first round. And I, I don't think anybody should be surprised by the pick. And hopefully it works out. That's all we could say. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Uh, Jim from Door County. Jim, what's up, man? How are you? I love the pick. Oh, thanks, by the way. I love the pick, and this is my dream wish for the second round. Yes. One of those top tight ends. And Keno Benton from Wisconsin. Keanu I'd Benton. Love to have him oh, in our defensive life. I'm all in. I'm all in. That would be, like, you look at the defensive line if he had Van Ness and Benton, then it, that flips it 180 degrees. I would argue it becomes yep, a good I'd defensive love, line after that. I'd love the pick. I'd be in. Thank I, you. I'd be in. Thanks, man. Um, maybe a wide receiver in there in the second. You try to get Benton in the third. But Benton's been shooting up boards, and you talk about an interior athlete that could rush. Benton's that, too. If you watched any Badger football last year and you turn on the defense which was good by the standards of many programs bad by wisconsin standard which is top of the line in the country type good that the badgers usually have the only reason one of the only reasons the driving force behind that defense succeeding was keanu benton so i would love that fit and again i look at the needs in the draft wide receivers one yes Tight end is is a huge one, even though I, I'll i say this. I tweeted this a couple days ago. I was half joking, probably 80% joking, 20% truth. Josiah DeGuara is in the tight end room. And I don't think we should forget that Jordan Love loves throwing to DeGuara. Every time we've seen him in the preseason or in games, Josiah DeGuara is spammed with targets. He's not the answer at tight end. Don't get me wrong, but... I think he's going to have an impressive year. I think he's going to contribute after a couple years of not. That's a, that's as far as I'll go with that. But with tight end being a big need and a, a very easy need to address tonight, wide receivers in need, I still look at the defensive line, and that's the position that I think is the most impactful and, and probably gives me the most pause going into next year. And that was before they took Van Ness. If they could get another impactful guy, that makes me feel all that much better about that position. 877-867-1670. Real quick, let's go back to the phones. Line three. Hello, you're on the Bill Michael Show. Hey, Ben. Badger Pipeline from the North calling here. Troy, um, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Good. Hey, you know, you, know, you used the, the term earlier, and I think why you may get some naysayers against Van Ness is because the Packers, for you know, going way back to how many years, it's always take the best player available. And the thing with Budikos that you just learn to like or dislike is 
he uses the word potential. This every year, this guy's got potential. I hope he is. Um, but I think that's what you just get kind of tired of hearing them say, take the best player available because they definitely have some needs over other positions. And if, if, you know, a, a defensive rush edger is a need, then, you know, that, then they, sh- now they should just come out and say, Hey, that was an area we, you know, we had a need on, but um, the thing that I, that I question a little bit about this guy from Iowa is not so much how many snaps he played, but, you know, he wasn't even all Big Ten first team. The football network had him as a third team in the Big Ten. Um, I, you just wonder wh- why. And last thing I'll say is it's it's a crab shoot. You just don't know when you draft it. You really don't. But God, you get so many people so worked up all over. I mean, think of Tony Manners when he came in and everybody was grueling over that. And it didn't pan out. So hopefully this works out for the guy. I know people have said, you know, maybe a J.J. Watt comparison that's kind of hard but i would take that that would be awesome, that would be awesome. <laughs> right yeah. right i would start so, with rashawn gary i mean i i think he does have a higher floor than a a, a true potential pick would have because if you play right. defensive line at iowa you have to do certain things right and that's exactly. defend the run tackle and be tough so if he right. brings those three just to start okay we're working with something and then what can right. you develop in terms of pass rushing do you do you think it's got anything to do with Gary's rehabbing is it is it on pace well Um, Brian Gudikins talked about that and he said uh, while it certainly helps uh, and I'll play that cut when we come back he said while it certainly helps that is not the reason and I could like it I would be foolish to say it it meant nothing because that's a it it makes it a bigger position of need but it's also what can you set up long term across from Rashawn Gary because Preston Smith won't be here forever yeah exactly that's right. All right, Troy. Well, hey, keep up, keep up the good work, uh, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. And kind of, kind of excited for tonight because I think the picks are what three or five minutes, and they go a little quicker. And oh, I love tonight. Good. I love yeah. tonight. Tonight is one of the best nights for the ESPN NFL Draft highlight music, which is my sure. favorite thing in the world. <laughs> oh, All it's right, incredible. take care. Good job, right, buddy. Thanks. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to chime in on Lucas Van Ness, the Packers' first round selection do it in terms of not being on the all big 10 first team i i don't have the long list of great players and where they ranked in their in the media selected or coaches selected all big 10 teams or all sec teams or all american but i think there is a long-term rule that we could look at that says what you are in college is not always what you are in the pros there are a lot of great players in college that maybe weren't that amazing that then reached the next step in the NFL. And this is a guy, Lucas Van Ness is 21 years old. So to me, that that means he has the ability to blossom. His best football is ahead of him. It's not as if they took a 25-year-old defensive lineman who just had stats. Like this is a kid, he was a sophomore, who is still rounding into form, still learning the position, 21 years old again. So... While, yes, he was not the best defensive lineman in the Big Ten last year in a very good Big Ten, I I would note defensively, it's about potential. And and I know it's a cliche and best player available potential, but that's truly what it is. And and when you look at what can help your team in the long run, that's what you look at. I don't think you look at the Athlon Sports all Big Ten teams. 877-867-1670. Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. We'll get back to the phone calls when we come back. 
And Brian Gudikins spoke about whether Rashawn Gary's ACL rehab had anything to do with the Van Ness pick. We'll play that for you as well as much more. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.